My Blood to Baby On Demand. Parent experts at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In this area, ready and waiting for you are meditations, feeding checklists, baby preparation lists, white noise, rain sounds, weaning recipes, pregnancy affirmations, and baby group taster sessions. As well as that, we have pregnancy experts, birth experts, postpartum experts, sleep experts, expert parent coaches, finance experts, and relationship experts. And this is only the beginning. All of these videos and all of this is waiting for you as soon as you join. And what's more, there's going to be more and more videos and experts joining this area. So come and join us now and start benefiting with the beta launch price. My Bumped Baby Experts On Demand. Experts at your fingertips 24-7 on any device. This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby Family Protection and Legal Directory. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal. Do you love the idea of being your own boss? What about saving money on childcare because you can actually work flexibly around your family? My Bump to Baby is rapidly expanding and we are looking for people to run their own pregnancy to preschool hubs in their local area. Full training is provided, ongoing mentor support, fantastic regular team incentives, a bonus scheme, uncapped commission, review products for free, and review days out too. If you are interested in being the My Bump to Baby Manager for your local area, email us, business at mybumptobaby.com. Limited space available. Hello and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic, guilt-free, real, raw mum chats with me, your host, Carla Lett, oversharer and founder of My Bump to Baby, the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool directory. Hello everybody and welcome to this week episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Now October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and today I am joined by a very special, a very brave guest who during lockdown was actually diagnosed with incurable breast cancer. Claire Milling is a mum of three and she is wanting to share her story to raise awareness on breast cancer and get more mums to check their breasts and go to the doctors if you feel something isn't right and if you do feel something isn't right don't be afraid to challenge your doctor 
Um, Claire is going to share her story on this week's episode. It's very moving, very sad, but very important. And please, please share this episode far and wide to get Claire's story out there to help as many mums, women as we can. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. This week I am joined by Claire Milling, an inspiring, brave mum with incurable cancer who is sharing her story urgently to mums to help them understand how important it is to get checked. So Claire, it's lovely to have you on this podcast today. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really happy for you to join us. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's, um, it's really an honour to speak to you anyway. I've read uh, all about your story and you're just very, very inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of mums will agree with me when they're listening to this as well. So, so would you like to introduce yourself, Claire, just a, a bit about you? My name is Claire. Um, I'm 40 years old. I'm a mother of three. First one is Sebastian, he's five. Olivia's two. And Elliot, uh, my youngest, is eight months old. Um, we live in Plymouth um, and uh, I've just been diagnosed with incurable cancer. Right. It's, it's even hearing that it's just very difficult. Um, but, but I know the thing is what we want to do today with this episode is we really want to get your message out there and your story out there because you had, you know, you went to the doctor and stuff like that, didn't you? And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, we'll go through. I went to the doctors. Yeah. I, I saw a few people actually before, before I actually um, got to the Primrose Centre in, in Derriford Hospital, which is in Plymouth. Right. Um, and because I was pregnant when I found the um, lump in my breast and the swelling in my armpit, it was just put down to um, ducts and glands being swollen because of your ever-changing body. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of doctors, they, they will say, won't they? Oh, yeah, it's to be expected. And it, it's difficult because, I mean, obviously, you've got your Sebastian and Olivia already, and then you're pregnant with your third, and you do know that your body does change, doesn't it? Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's difficult because it's like, I mean, I suppose your body changes and you just trust what the doctors say, don't you? So so going back to you as, as a mum, Claire, because you are um, a mum of three, which that's amazing, under five and under. <laughs> so yeah. you've certainly got your hands full. So with yeah. the, did you plan for three children, um, Claire, or did Elliot come as a surprise? Or so, Do you know what? Um, our story with having children is was very dramatic so we started off having a uh, triumph children about 11 years ago and we got told that um we couldn't reproduce uh by ourselves so we went through the ivf route um we did two rounds of ivf and they both didn't work mm-hmm. and then we were told this probably won't happen for you guys you know go and live normal lives just keep trying but don't make this your main focus And then uh, two weeks after our wedding day, we found out we were seven weeks pregnant with Sebastian. And so once we found out we could get pregnant and it was a complete shock and 
we were overwhelmed and you know we we thought oh he's our miracle baby we then um we then tried for Olivia for three years and then after after Olivia I was like oh you know I, I want to do this again crazy me and um and then after Olivia's first birthday, we fell pregnant with Elliot. <laughs> oh, how amazing is that, though? Is that That's right? Is, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. So you've you've had a busy few years, then, Claire. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've definitely been through it in the, the last ten years. Yeah, and we've only been together eleven years. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, wow. Um, right. So, so with Elliot, then your third. Going back to the beginning of your story because I think it's important we get the full um, message out there so everything with the pregnancy it was a, a smooth journey um, during pregnancy then apart from obviously the lump that you found under your arm was it while you were showering Claire or yeah so I was in the shower and I'm not a small lady but I'm not a big lady either and um, I, I lifted up my armpit to shave my armpit and I noticed that my my armpit seemed swollen and but in an unusual way. Mm. And I, and do you know what, actually, it, it was a couple of times. I did it a couple of times. And I, after a few times of thinking, oh, well, it's not gone down. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the doctors and just find out what, why it's swollen. Mm. And, and I've kind of always felt like I've had lumpy breasts anyway. But so the lump in the side of my breast was getting harder yeah why is this down your arm was it then like down your arm towards your breast because a lot of people when they yes. say a lump in the breast you actually think it's like just in your breast kind of thing so it was down down there so yeah in, uh, and actually still to this day in my armpit it's just swollen there's no lump in my armpit even though there's cancer there yeah. there's actually no lump there that it's only the swelling that gave it away that there was cancer in my armpit for the lump in my breast I so I for my friends and family I'm like oh touch my touch my (laughs) (laughs) yeah because when I hear lump I think of this perfectly round lump in my breast and I always used to say to people what does lump mean like Mm. you know it's hard when they say oh you'll find a lump and then some people also mention like a pea-sized lump yeah whereas my it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't perfectly round it wasn't a pea it was it was abnormal for my body that's the best way to describe it mine was almost like um uh oval shaped rather than a perfectly round lump inside my breast and Mm. because I've got multiple tumors you could feel it all around the side of my breast it wasn't just in one spot it was all around my breast Mm. So it, it, that also, I, I could understand why the doctors and the nurse um, were like, that's your, that's your milk ducts. Yeah. Because that is what, uh, that is all around your, your breast and it is, they're not perfectly round. And that is where my cancer is, is in my, uh, I've got ductual, oh, I can't say the word, ductual cancer. So in all my, in all the sides of my uh, breast. So, so was it sore then, or was it just there? Was it tender? No. So, 
you know, every day we don't, you know, we don't really, none of us fondle our breasts, do we? No. So everyday living wouldn't, wouldn't think anything of it. Unless mm. I was like really pushing on my breast, I would be like, that's not tender. It, it's not uncomfortable, but it's not quite right. It's almost like if, um, if you press on your kneecap, mm. you can feel your, your knee going in. Yes. But that's in your boob. Yeah. So it's not uncomfortable. You're just aware of pressure being in that mm. area and it sure it normally should be all soft and wobbly and yeah. like jelly on a plate and it wasn't. I think especially when you're pregnant though, like like we said before, because your boobs obviously change. I mean mine mm. actually didn't, you know. I remained like small boobs all the way through, but they didn't change at all. But they normally do change, don't they, quite a lot because obviously they're preparing for the milk and all that. Um and then so I totally understand why obviously your doctor and your nurses have, have said that. And then obviously for you, that was an explanation, wasn't it? Oh, that that's that must be what it is. And then did you just go away then thinking nothing more of it do you know I, it's um a few like I've had a few people ask me that and I was happy for that answer mm. I get it's it's funny but even when we, I got diagnosed the first time they said to me um this is before the terminal part when they said you've got cancer my first initial thought was I don't have time to have cancer I've got three children <laughs> oh no I know because you just think oh, I don't have time for that I, I don't have time for anything let alone to, yeah. to have all this focus on me so um it, it's I was just I was what well, one you believe and trust in the people that you're asking for advice of course. um and then you think well you know you know more than I do so I'm happy to walk away with that advice. Yeah. So, so, so after that, then obviously I would be the same, um, Claire. Um, I'd be exactly the same. I think when you go to your doctors, they're knowledgeable. They know a lot. They see a lot. They've heard of a lot. So you, you know, you go there, and it's almost like a bit of reassurance as well, right? Everything's okay. Yeah, that's what it is. And you, I personally wouldn't give it a second thought. I'd just think, right, well, that's what it is. At least still, till like you've had the baby, and um, you know, once you've had Elliot, and if it was still there, then obviously you'd go back but then when your son was born um he was breastfeeding wasn't he was is that right so it, it was it was literally the day after I, I had an overnight stay in hospital um with Elliot and um it was the the day um of me doing to leave and I said I, I'm really struggling to breastfeed from my right breast I can only feed from my left and it was getting uncomfortable and sore and and I was I was just working myself up because he would only latch onto the one breast because there was oh. no milk coming out of the other. So I, they have um, in the ward, they have um, a nurse. It's like a specialist in helping the mums breastfeed. And she came and put her hands on my breast and tried. And she said, Oh, you, your ducts are blocked. You need to massage them, Claire, because if you don't, you will get an infection and that's very, very nasty and uncomfortable. So I was like, right, okay. So she showed it. You know, there's a special technique to massage your boobs to, you know, get your. Uh, it's like kneading dough. She said, kneading dough. That's how. There's a special way to get your ducts to loosen up again. Hmm. So I did. I went home and I did that, and I, I kind of made it part of my routine, like getting in the. I and I only did it when I was in the shower, and I just kept on rubbing my boobs like dough in the shower, and then um, after that. 
it wasn't until lockdown and obviously my 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 husband works away and through lockdown he's been home so obviously I had an extra pair of hands at home and there was one day at home that they 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 weren't being bad they were just being children and they were running around mental and it gets too much and they all went to bed and I said to my husband I just I need to get in the bath I just need to have a minute Mm. and I got in the bath and the thing that sealed it for me that you know I can't keep on taking no you're fine for an answer is seeing my nipple inverted when my my right nipple inverted when my left nipple wasn't and I rolled over in the bath to try and warm them up to see if that made a difference, if it popped out or anything, and it didn't. So, um, yeah, we uh, after I got out of the bath, um, me and my husband Googled that. There's a, there's a sheet, uh, like a poster of what to look out for, uh, visual signs of your breast. Did it ring alarm bells for you that? Because I, I'd never heard of an invert, inverted um, breast being a sign of cancer. Is it a sign? Is that? Yeah. Right. Yes. It's one of the big, one of the big signs. Did yeah, you know that, Claire? Um, yes. I right. did, yeah, I did. I think if you go onto Google and um, put in signs of breast cancer mm. for a, a visual of looking at your breast, it's, I think there's like six bow pictures Mm. of you being able to see um because also one of them is um one boob being um considerably a lot smaller than the other so not um not just slightly smaller because we all have slightly Mm. um smaller breasts than the other but like considerably a lot smaller Mm. um which has now happened to my breast as well right right Um, but that they're sick i mean any anybody could google this the signs of of breast cancer and you and it will pop up and put it in images um it'll pop up as a little poster i'll make sure we put those on the show notes for anyone listening and uh, i think that's important so so obviously that must have if you knew about that anyway that must have um been quite scary at the time so that you and your husband you looked at the poster then and you, and you saw that and then did you make an appointment the next day then first thing in the morning we've we phoned the doctor um and this is the doctor we phoned this time was a new doctor our old doctor surgery is actually shut down <laughs> oh god um, yeah we're we went to we're in a new surgery and as soon as i told her um about my armpit and the lump and the inverted nipple she went she said Claire don't because we're obviously still in the um, lockdown period I'm not going to see you but what I'm going to do is refer you straight to the Primrose Centre in Derriford so the first time anybody um, professionally in that field touched my breast was was when we went up to the Primrose Centre and they were amazing Oh, wow. Right. So, so, I mean, did you feel like you knew at this point or did you still kind of just hope that there was a simple, well, I imagine you of course hoped there was a simple explanation, but what, what did you feel like during that, that wait? I think for me, I mean, like all mums, I think we all put ourselves in the back of our heads because we're not important enough for us to continuously think about 
so I because we think about the children and our partners and getting the house done and the school runs and changing babies' bottoms and mm. when when she said you're going to go straight to the school run uh, to the school run to um, the Primrose Centre mm. I just I think there was a calmness of I know it is mm. it's the strangest feeling ever and and I wasn't I. And then I know a lot of people would not feel the same way that I did, but I just, I, for me, it was like, I know, I knew in my heart it was there. I just needed somebody professional to tell me. Mm, that's so sad. Yeah. How, how long did you have to wait then, Claire, between the appointments? Because obviously this was during lockdown. And when I read it about your story, I read that you said like that, you know, you didn't want to, especially with lockdown, I think a lot of people felt the same. You didn't want to go back, keep going back to the doctors to feel like you're wasting the time and stuff like that. So I imagine it took you a while to phone anyway. Um, but was there much of a wait between? Um, no. So um, the day the the we got the referral I think it was like a week later was the referral we went up to the Primrose Centre and on on that day the whole see I never knew this so we went up and I spoke to um, my surgeon who is my surgeon now mm-hmm. um, and he you know stripped down let fill your breath under your armpits lie down stand up all those sort of things Mm. and then I went for a mammogram and then I went back to the seating area and then they sent me for another mammogram and then I went back to the seating area and then we went into the uh he he went in for a consult and he said uh Claire we're going to send you for an ultrasound on your breast and there and then doing the ultrasound they did the biopsy. So they took three lumps out of my breath and they took three lumps out of my armpit. Um, And straight after, so then they, um, uh, oh God, sorry, I'm losing my words. It's because it's the end of the day and because the chemo makes you um, very brain foggy. So Mm. I apologize. Oh no, don't, don't. Honestly, it's it's amazing all this, all this information. Gosh, yeah, I'm just, I'm actually just listening. I'm getting a bit emotional listening to what you've had to go through. But um, so, so they took the the lumps out, and then did he? Did they send them off for examination straight away while you were there? Then or so um, the lady that did the ultrasound and the biopsy, she then took them off. I went then back into the consultant, and he said, "This is what's going to happen." Um, this is one of our um, breast cancer nurses. She'll be helping me look after you. Um, and he just said, you know, we have to wait for the biopsy. And he said, I said, he said, do you have any questions? And I said, no, no, we don't. And my mum, because my, I took my mum with me because I suffer with panic attacks. So they allowed my mum to stay with me, which oh. that don't normally happen in with lockdown you're not normally allowed to have somebody with you um yeah and uh he said okay then and just as he was about to walk out the door I said I do have a question actually and he said okay I said what do you think it is and he said there's very few people that are brave enough to ask that question I do think you've got cancer 
Oh, God. I just got a shiver down my spine listening to that. That's, I mean, what did you, oh, I bet your mum was just beside herself as well, like. But do you know what? I've never seen anybody physically jump through words. Do you know, like, if somebody's scared and they jump out of their skin? Mm. My mum jumped out of her skin through the words. Um, and I, I was just... I well we ha- we had a little cry. We, I mean, we had a big cry. I'm not going to lie. We yeah. had a big cry all the way back to the car. Um, but at the same time, I there was a part of me at the back of my head was like, I knew it. I knew <laughs> I knew something wasn't right. So um, yeah, it was very um, surreal. Very yeah. Was your husband there as well, Claire? Or was it just your mum? It was just my mum, yeah, because you're not actually allowed anybody else into the hospital with you. Um, at the moment, still, we're not. I've got to go in for my chemo because before COVID, you were allowed to have somebody come into your chemo with you as well. Yeah, yeah. But now, now you have to do it all solo. So oh, that's that's heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> oh goodness. So so after did, was it the same day you got the results back then, or did you have to go home then and wait? No, we had to go home and wait for confirmation. Oh. Um, but it, it because we, I actually had a late appointment on that day as well. I mean, I don't think I would have got the results back that day, but it was two days later. So it wasn't, I mean, it's faster than what you do some blood results from when yeah. you go to the doctors. I mean, it's still pretty, pretty right. fast. Mm. Yeah. Feel, uh, but I imagine it's a long time after hearing that comment as you're leaving to kind of, the two days afterwards, like your husband and your mom and, every, you know, the people close to you in limbo, almost thinking, please, God, let this be something else. It's, um, I bet that was hard going home. The kids probably kept you busy though, didn't they, Claire? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. And I think um, we kind of felt like the doctor wouldn't have put his reputation on that mm-hmm. if it do you know what I mean? He wouldn't have suggested that or said, I think you have cancer. I don't think he would have put his reputation or his, um, his livelihood on the, if he, if he wasn't sure, if he didn't, I think he, I think he knew too well. He didn't need the biopsy. I think he knew. And that's why he was happy to say, I think you've got cancer. So we, we felt pretty assured that, that, you know, it was definitely cancer on that day. Mm. Were, were you glad in a way that he told you that then and there or would you have just yeah because I think the waiting would have drove us potty yeah I think if I, I'm I am so glad that I asked that question because else we we all do it and I've done it myself we all um when somebody says to you oh I've I've got a lump here or a lump there or I've got something going on or I think I might, and people, we're all very good at going, oh, it could be a cyst, or it could be benign, or it could be this, or it could be that. I think we would have had days of us building up our hopes of it being something else, whereas this way we just knew. It was straight out, out of the gate. We knew what it was, um, and there was no false hope or, or leading into what ifs. How did you then, obviously you were with your mum and you headed home. I mean, was your husband away at the time? or Oh no, during lockdown he was home, wasn't he? How, he was how, home with the babies, yeah. How, how on earth did you tell him that that's what the doctor had said? I imagine that, that's an awful conversation to have. 
me and my husband we're very very lucky we're very much in tune with each other um we used to work together we used to work together live together and all this sort of stuff we don't work and live uh we don't work together now but we we've always been super super close so um we me and my mum walked in and he was outside playing with the kids so my mum walked outside to play with the kids he came into the kitchen and he just looked at me and he burst out crying he i didn't even have to say anything he he just he knew and and i I wasn't crying or anything i think i think he just he could just see me and he he knew what was going on and i think to be honest with you because they took the biopsy and he knew that Mm. i think in his head it was already uh done done a crater yeah yeah so so you got is the results did they phone you then to give you the results no, we went back. Uh, went back a week later. Mm. No, no, I'm no, I'm telling a lie. So um, we had the results back two days later, and they said, yeah. "Can you come in this afternoon?" And they gave us the results face to face. And that's when I. Um, so then, my mum and my husband swapped over. So my mum had the kids, and my husband came in with us, mm. with me. Sorry, mm. and they they told us there and then. And did they put plans in place then to kind of see how ba- bad it was, or did I, did they know oh that God. at that stage? I got tested on like there is no tomorrow. The test that you go through to find cancer elsewhere in your body is uh, is intense to say the very least. I had brain scans, bone scans. Um, scans from my head to my toe I think I so I had a PET scan a CT cat scan an MRI scan um a bone scan another um so I had radiation pumped through my body as well so they they it, I would glow up wherever the cancer was oh, god mm. it, it was intense I had so much blood taken so much stuff pumped in and then stuff taken out and but I just had to remember. I mean, it was tense and it was it was really um, horrible and tiring at the time. Mm. And the only thing that kept me going and 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 not whinging, I didn't, I don't, I don't believe that I moaned once about it. I mean, in my head, I probably, I probably, if my husband if you asked him, he probably said, "Yeah, you moaned all the way through." But in my head, I didn't moan at all. And um, but I just thought, you know what? I, we just need to know where it is. Let's just let's just get this done and find out where hmm. where it all is so that they can treat me properly and was this did this take a while all these scans and everything or was that qu- pretty quick as well yeah it it did um oh, i had heart heart um ultrasound as well it did take it did so i had a week full of intensive scans and um bloods and neurology um and then two weeks prior to that, I had like one or two scans or a PET scan. or So over like a three-week period, I had an intense amount of scans. And then I had another biopsy, which they had to go down through my throat to get to the cancer in my chest. Oh, God. That was... Uh, you're awake having that done as well. Oh, <laughs> I was going to sleep, but no, you're awake and you sat in the chair, which... Um, but the people, the people that did it were amazing. I mean, they kept me nice and calm. They kept holding my hand. 
they numbed my throat so much that I couldn't even feel to swallow. I mean, they were amazing. I didn't know when they had taken the biopsy, even though I was awake. And because they were so good, I couldn't, when they took the biopsy from my breast and under my armpit, I could feel the tugging. Yeah. Yeah. And taking the part of the tumor, mm. but down um, through my throat, I couldn't feel that at all. So, um, they they were they were brilliant. So I mean I can't fault anybody, any of the nurses or the doctors or the people that have spoken to me on the phones. I mean they've all been amazing. Yeah. Like absolutely. I mean nothing's too much trouble. They they look after you even if you have the silliest of questions. They they're happy to answer them. I imagine no question's a silly question when it comes to what you've had to go through. Well, oh. no, I, the thing is, I, I always think that before this, I was always like, oh, yeah, we, we've all been touched by cancer, some, you know, through friends or family, and we all think that we know cancer. And it's not since, it's only been since having cancer that I realise how much everybody who has cancer has to go through and all the like so I have my chemo every three weeks yeah so yeah. two days before my chemo I have to have bloods taken to make sure that my blood uh, white blood cell count is high enough for me to have it because if it's not high enough I'm too weak to be able to have the chemo oh. yeah. um and it's just little things like that that like you don't realize like we all support it and yeah. we all donate money to it and 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 whatnot be like for the people actually going through it you and the steps of going through cancer is is something that i don't feel like any of us really know what people go through yeah it's almost like it's bad enough just having cancer and that is where it ends a lot of the time oh that person's got cancer and you don't see everything that goes into actually having cancer and all all the different stuff that that people have to go through I think that's it's like a full-time job (laughs) because you have to like make sure you get to your appointments and then you have to ring up for your bloods and you have to talk to your nurses and your oncology team and it 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 really is like a like we have like um we have a separate calendar on our wall now just and it's called our chemo calendar oh my goodness just for cancer it's just for cancer appointments because they're just so intense yeah oh yeah of course and then you've got the kids and I mean what with your cancer when you got all your results back then um you obviously you're hoping it's curable and there's something that they can do so what what happened when they told you that it wasn't um do you know what it we were um we were sat on the sofa and it was after our first round of chemo and they just had the results back from the biopsy in my chest and they said um I mean, it's got to be a horrible conversation. It's got to be a horrible phone call for that doctor to make. Like, okay, oh, you know, I'm going to have to now tell this lady that her cancer is not curable. Oh, um, mm. And me and my husband were actually very chilled about the telephone call. We were sat on the sofa and um, 
she said, Claire, we, you know, I know you're eager to find out what the, what the uh, results of your biopsy um, in your chest was. And unfortunately, uh, you do have cancer in the lymph nodes of your chest wall, which means that uh, we can't we can't make this cancer curable for you. It's we, but we can treat it, and we have. She, I, she has a lady that she's looking after at the moment. That's she, you know, ten years into treatment. So yeah yeah so you can live with it but it's just you know if you know the treatment works and the chemo and everything goes goes as it hopefully it should you can live with it for a while so it i mean yes but it all see like having a pregnancy every single pregnancy is completely different um like i my i i just thought after having my first son like the other two would, the pregnancies would be exactly the same. No. <laughs> um, with uh, cancer, no one person is got, we're all in, it's all individual. It's all kind of tailored for your body. Uh, your treatments are, your cancer is individual to you. Um, uh, so it all depends on how my, how well my body responds to it how aggressive the cancer is because cancer is very clever and it wises up to the drugs. So you kind of want your cancer to be as thick as it can be yeah. <laughs> so that it doesn't, it doesn't cotton on to the drugs. I mean, they, they, if, when one set of drugs don't work, they'll try you on another set of drugs. Um, I think the only um, thing for, for me is two weeks before I got diagnosed with cancer, I got diagnosed with hypothyroidism, Mm. um, which is my thyroid is underactive. Yeah. An underactive thyroid. I've heard of that before, but what does that mean? Um, So (laughs) it, it's not, it's not a very pleasant thing to have, believe it or not. It, um, it makes you, uh, you see your thyroid is um, in the front of your neck. And it um, kind of regulates everything in your body. Um, and it, it, when it shuts down, whereas if you've got hyperthyroidism, you, it's overactive, so you lose a lot of weight and uh, you have to try and gain weight. Mine's hypo, which means I put on a lot of weight and I'm very sluggish. It's hard for me to wake up in the mornings. So I've already got my body battling itself yeah before the cancer of the the uh, thyroid is already there attacking um my body so i'm on i'm on uh, pills for that every day um and, and then i'm obviously on the chemo as well so far the chemo has shrunk the tumors in my breast so fantastic that's amazing yeah, yeah. that's really good that's and that's positive positive news yes. Yes, even though it, then, it shouldn't be positive news but it is because it, that that is great yeah so we we know that the chemo is working on me it, it kicks me in the butt i'm not gonna lie <laughs> mm. but it is it is working on me um have have you told your children claire about the the cancer or i mean they are very young aren't they so how, how they are 
super young. So Sebast um, Sebastian knows mummy has a lump in her breast. So when we went to uh, the Primrose Centre, you know, I was very vocal about, you know, I'm worried for the kids and, you know, I don't want them to see me lose my hair, which I've already done. And, you know, after um, a mastectomy, which I'm not having because they don't need to put my body through that strain, they... And so they gave us a book and it's, it's a lovely book and it's called Mummy's Got a Lump. And it's a, it's a, it's really well worded book. Um, and it, I actually read it to like some of my friends to like explain to them what's going on because it's very well worded and very well, it's very informative at the same time. So um, Sebastian knows, um, he doesn't know the incurable part because we don't want to scare him but we um he knows he knows mummy's poorly he's come with me every time I've had my hair cut a little bit shorter and now that it's falling out he likes to kiss me on my bald head and 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 whatnot yeah he's super he's super sweet and he likes when I've had my round of chemo he likes to get into bed and watch movies with me so even though I'm he just likes to hold my hand or put his hand on my shoulder and he'll just watch a movie while I'll sleep. And so he's, um, whereas my other two, they have, they, it's just the way mummy looks to them. It's, it's yeah. no different for them, bless them. No, but we have, so um, our, Sebastian, us, um, who's five, his school have been amazing. And they have provided him with a counsellor that he sees once a week. That's fantastic because it, yeah. it's just it's just talking, isn't it? Talking to someone other other than family members. Um, I think I think it helps, doesn't it? At least he's talking everything through. Yeah. Well, he um, they they kind of they he's only had one session so far, um, but he he's been in and he thinks the lady's fantastic and they kind of she does it because he's only five he's still only young it's all done through play so she just while they're playing or reading or something she'll just ask him questions see if he's all right if there's anything he wants to talk about and she asks about you know well who lives at home with you and and just like nice simple things to lead him into anything that if he wants to talk about anything it's not a pressurized do you want to talk about your mummy being poorly it's more of a more of an assessment and counselling type scenario. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. Um, I think that's with children. I think that's probably the best way to get information out for, of them, whether they are <laughs> struggling or not, isn't it? So yeah, he's he's quite he's quite well balanced, is Sebastian. He, yeah, so we're we're lucky with him that way, and he's he's very open. He's like me. He's a very open book, so he doesn't store anything in if he needs to let it out mm. he kind of lets it out there and then so so we haven't seen anything me and my husband or even my mum or you know relatives around us haven't seen anything in him that su- should suggest that this is f- affecting him but we wanted to get on top of it rather than be underneath it yeah yeah exactly I can imagine so so with with everything that's going on at the moment so what what's the next steps for you with your chemo then so this friday will be my third out of six 
uh, chemotherapies that I'm having. Um, and then after that, I mean, they, they take you uh, stage by stage in baby steps, if that makes sense. Yeah. So after they don't try and read too far into the future okay. because they don't know how, how your body is going to react to any of the drugs or um, so that's how it's tailored to you. So it's kind of in, in little chunks rather than this is your life plan now. So yeah. Yeah. So it can just change at any point, like something yeah. could be working well and then it's carry on or something you might just need adjusting. Yeah. So after the six, the sixth time of chemotherapy, I then go for all the, lovely scans again uh to make sure and just to see um if where the hot spots are or if they've dulled down um and how big the uh mass is in my breast yeah and then take it from there then yeah yeah so so how are you spending your time are you spending it any differently i mean is your husband still having to work away or have you changed that now are you doing anything a bit different with, with the family on weekends and stuff like that? Or is it all still yeah, very much the same? You know what? No, no, it's actually um, kind of, probably not the right thing to say, but it's kind of been a silver lining, as in um, my husband's been home, which has been amazing, because um, me and the kids love having him home. Mm. Um, and my, uh, I've got an amazing family, but as you all grow up as families, you all drift apart and have your own little families and, and concentrate on yourselves. And this is kind of brought us all back together. So uh, since, since we found out or, uh, I've had cancer, we've been and had um, a family photograph shoot all together. Um, we've, uh what else have we done oh god i'm trying to think now we we did smalls in my back garden two weeks ago so we all came around and um all had uh made smalls on the open fire oh. um i'm trying to think what else we've done now we've had a barbecue and it is not just being like nan and granddad and us or my sister or somebody coming around it's literally being all about my aunts and uncles and cousins oh, that's so that's beautiful yeah it's been super nice and we're um we live really close to a beach so um on sunday we took my little boy surfing and um, my little girl swimming and and i think the thing is is when you live near the beach you kind of take it for granted and you don't visit that that much often but now we're like we're making instead of just sitting and watching tv and thinking oh we're too tired we're like no let's get up let's get on yeah I imagine you kind of actually take normally I mean we all do it we take every day for granted don't we and then yeah. when something like this happens you probably realize how beautiful this whole world is and you look at probably things a bit differently and be like wow it's a beautiful day today let's get out and let's do something let's you know make the most of today do you know what? I, I I actually um even if it's raining or if it's gorgeous sunshine or it's a bit of a chillier day, I always make sure that I take a moment to go outside and breathe in the fresh air. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so that's beautiful. Something that, yeah, which is, and it, I think none of, I never did that before. I really didn't. I didn't. And sometimes simple things like just taking a second mm. to breathe in the fresh air and just 
clear your mind and just have a sec even if it's like 10 seconds of just inhaling it's just mindfulness it just, isn't it just taking in the moment this moment in time now at this moment in time you're you know yes you've got cancer but you're well you're able to do things you're able to enjoy things and just living in that moment isn't it i can still hug my kids today that's the that's the um the main thing for me is just every day i wake up and i think it doesn't uh to be honest with you today i've not been so great but I get up and I I do it because I can. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I can do it. And sometimes before before I found out I had cancer, like if I was having like you know like we all do, we have sluggish days and we feel a bit nah. Yeah. And I'd yeah. wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a mummy today. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> I get those a lot. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like. Oh God, I just want to be a mummy. Today. I know, I know, I can imagine. It's just take we just take everything for granted, don't we? When we're well and and I yeah, it's just yeah, that must be really difficult. I mean, so so at the moment, you, have you got any other plans that you you're doing at the moment? I know your niece Amy, she set up a bit of a fundraising um, charity thing for you, has she? Yeah, so uh, GoFundMe page. Go, yeah, go, bless yeah. her. She, she wanted to do. Um, she wanted to do something to me uh, to feel like she was because everybody feels helpless, and it, it is um, it's something that she felt like she could do and do well, um, and to be helpful to us. So she set up a GoFundMe page, and now that's been overwhelming. I mean, the people, the people that have donated money for us to make memories with the kids has been. Um, I mean, we couldn't we couldn't have predicted it. I mean, it's been it's been so lovely, and the lovely messages and and uh, private messages I've had. Um, we our, our stories in America as well. So I've had wow. lots of people from America um, contact me and it's just been amazing really. And um, we, we're at the minute we're, um, we're needing a little bit of time. So we we're using uh, some of the money for um, Elliot and Olivia to go to nursery because they don't, we don't get to take them out much. No with me being ill all the time so and and plus it gives us a little bit of respite especially for after cancer for them they're only going in the morning and it's only three days a week you um, must need to yeah you must be shattered though you must need the it's mentally draining as well as you know emotionally and mentally draining i bet and, and your body oh God, will be tired yeah, yeah. Um, so we um, so we're using a bit of the money for that, and we're going to save save back some of the money for one after all this coronavirus craziness has gone um, to do um, you know like we really want to do Winter Wonderland in London, and oh, we want to yeah. take Sebastian to the um, History Museum in London, and you know uh, go to um, oh God I can't. Honey, what's the name of the where we want to go see Santa? Lapland, sorry. Lapland. Oh yes. Oh yes. I've heard amazing things about that. It's meant to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean that's the problem with this um lockdown and everything at the moment. It's like you don't even book anything at the moment. 
No. So we're just at the minute we're trying to we're trying to do everything that we can do, and obviously I have to shield to a certain extent because um, it, even if I got a chest infection, that would that would knock me out and put me in hospital. So oh, I have goodness. to I have to be careful about how much I do. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that, but you'd be classed as vulnerable, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am classed as vulnerable now. So I can't even do the school run, oh. which I, I, do you know what? Beforehand, I would have been like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I just want to do the school run. I know. I just, um, but yeah, so we, we just, so at the minute, it's more just like family time and doing simple things like, having a picnic or feeding the ducks or and it we could have done all those things before but sometimes you get so caught up in school work bath bed dinner and then you zonk out yourself like you get so caught up in your own routines that you forget do you know what we could have spared half an hour just to go for a walk around the block yeah exactly I mean we all do it don't we it's uh, yeah. it's easier just to put the tv on when you're not feeling in the mood <laughs> or give an ipad you know yeah. um but yeah I know what you mean it's just make, making every day you're just doing something nicely as a family um so so did you did you work before then Claire are you working I'm guessing guessing you're not working at the moment but did you work before or were you looking after the children no, so yeah, I did work. So I've been on maternity leave because Elliot's oh, only eight, eight months pregnant. So um, yeah, I, I I do work. Um, I work as a delivery driver for car parts to carriages. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a very fun fun job because you get a lot of banter from yeah. all the mechanics. Oh yeah. <laughs> Were you due to um, go back there then, Claire? Or so when my maternity uh finishes i then go on sick leave so um um i would hope to go back um it just depends on how things pan out after the chemotherapy because i can't go i can't work while i'm doing chemotherapy but um we'll we'll, it's a it's a we will see type scenario but i'm very lucky the company i work for have been amazing so that is been very yeah been very lucky there and and same goes to my husband like his his company has been amazing as well they've they've allowed him to uh, you know take hours here and there to drop me to appointments and stuff like that which they don't have to do you know um, and they've been good with his time and, and he he's equally just been I mean he's sat here in front of me now and he's emailing away just to um catch up on it so yeah. Yeah. Been very lucky with work wise but yeah hoping to go back yeah um, I always feel like even though all of us hate working because <laughs> we yeah. all do, I always think it's good for the soul good for the mind because it keeps you in instead of just you know I get very obsessive about the kids and what they do and and all the craziness of it so sometimes going to work helps balance me out and makes me remember oh yeah my name's Claire and I'm a human being before I was a mother (laughs) oh yeah yes I'm with you there you can sometimes quite easily lose your identity can't you and oh yeah yeah. I mean I I I mean during lockdown it's it's it is difficult being at home with the children I imagine for you with more children but just 
at the time I was like oh my gosh this is just such a big change <laughs> it, um, is. it really is but yeah hopefully you can go back to work soon once everything hopefully everything will all go as as we all hope and and you'll be able to go back to work soon so so that would be good so Claire um is there any messages like you want to put out there to mums or you know mums who are very busy anything you want to share um to, to them during this podcast um I think my um main message is is um because this was me I thought I was too busy to check in on myself and the thing is is because I thought and it was a thought, it's not reality, it was a thought, I was too busy to check in on myself. Now, my kids face the future without their children. Mm. That is something that I wish I had not put to one side, and I wish that I realised my own importance in my bubble, in my world, in my home. I am important, and I think all mums need to realise you are important you need to take that minute even if it's sat on the toilet while you're having a wee have a check with yourself just check in and make it if you if it's taking a second to put your hand inside your bra and have a fumble or around your neck or just close your eyes and just tick off everywhere every part of your body just to make sure is there something i've been putting off going to the doctors about because it might be nothing but it could be something and do you want to take that risk with your own life and with your children's life yeah yeah that is it that is a really important message and and claire thank you so much um for coming on today and and what we'll do is we'll put the gofundme um link in this podcast as well so if anyone wants to donate um you know to help help with claire raising you know doing making a lot of lovely memories please do click the link and claire thank you so so much for sharing your story today Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's, it's been lovely talking to you. It's a, one, I was a little nervous to, I was a little nervous speaking to you because it's not a subject that anyone really wants to talk about something. So, you know, it's just so sad. Um, but hopefully everything, like we said, will just all, the chemo will all go okay. And, and you know, you've got a long time left on this earth. That's, that's what we want. Yeah. I, I, like I've, I've said before, it, do you know what I my at the minute I'm still taking baby steps but my main goal is I really really want to get to see my youngest my eighth month old go to school for the first day that's that would make me very happy if I can get if I can get to that stage yes yeah absolutely um so Claire thank you so so much um I really appreciate you coming on so thank you thank you too 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. My aim is to support free chat around motherhoods, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic mum chats. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about it. The more listeners we get, the more subscribers we get, the more chance we've got of getting series three done. So, I look forward to speaking to you next time and keep your eyes peeled on our social pages to find out who our next guest is. I'm sure you will love it. My Bumped Baby On Demand. Parent experts at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In this area, ready and waiting for you are meditations, feeding checklists, baby preparation lists, white noise, rain sounds, weaning recipes, pregnancy affirmations, and baby group taster sessions. As well as that, we have pregnancy experts, birth experts, postpartum experts, sleep experts, expert parent coaches, finance experts, and relationship experts. And this is only the beginning. All of these videos And all of this is waiting for you as soon as you join. And what's more, there's going to be more and more videos and experts joining this area. So come and join us now and start benefiting with the beta launch price. My Bumped Baby Experts On Demand. Experts at your fingertips 24-7 on any device.